Good to see you all here, enjoying life, I hope. And um, we are going to be continuing, well, I'm not going to be continuing with anything that's been done before. For those who don't know me, by the way, if you're a visitor today, my name's Christian. I'm the uh, minister with uh, An Angie, my wife, my good lady wife, I usually say. My good lady wife at the front here. So, um, yes, we will be talking today um, about quite a few things. I hope you're going to be able to stay the pace. I might have to talk fast. We'll see how it goes anyway. But it's good to see you all here today. I, I wanted to start today by telling you that since the, the start of this year, we have had approximately 60 first-time visitors through the door, which is absolutely fantastic. And many of you have stayed, which is even better, uh, which, which is great. Some of you couldn't because, uh, some of you couldn't because of uh, geographical reasons. And, uh, but, uh, but no, it's really good. But the feedback has been incredible. And uh, I just want you to read some of the stuff that I've been given because it says a lot about you guys as a church. Um, I love the welcome that we got. Love the inclusivity that we felt. I loved the, I've been so overwhelmingly positive. Um, and just, yeah, this place feels like home, somebody says. Um, a loving community with accepting people. We've just got so many. It's all down to you. It's a massive thank you from me that to you guys because this is what you do. Uh, on a Sunday, you come in, when people come in, and you make them feel at home. So massive thank you, first of all, for making my job a lot easier. Um, and some of you are looking at me going, I didn't know I was even doing that. But, you know, you are. Being naturally yourself is a great thing. So, um, so that's firstly for myself. I also want to take this opportunity to tell you that Julian Simcox will be stepping down as an elder of the church. He's waving at the back on, our, on visuals at the moment. He's not waving, not waving at all. Um, at the end of this month, I'd like to give him a huge, huge thanks. Can we give him all a huge thanks? <laughs> For absolutely everything he's done. He's still got two more weeks to go, so any issues straight to him. <laughs> um, but, um, but this is it's not a forced decision, by the way. It's not, it's not done by me. It was... Uh, it was decided a year ago by him. In fact, over a year ago now. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so thank you for Julian. We'll do something a bit nicer for him in a couple of weeks' time. But just to inform you of that, that that's taking place. Um, as a leadership, we're not going to be taking any decisions to make anyone else an elder in his place uh, um, for the foreseeable future. But we're creating a wider leadership structure at the moment. Um, and that will be unveiled bit by bit. Paul Tucker is, uh, is joining that. Um, at this particular point for, the, for this season, we'll continue to think and pray into that as time goes on. We will let you know. Uh, and obviously, Phil Park continues to serve alongside Angie and myself as well. And it's great to have him part of the whole leadership team. And also, I wanted to mention about baptisms, which are coming up. You can whoop to that. That is good. Um, they, were, they were announced as 4th of September. However, if you want to get baptised and 4th of September is off for you, then speak to me and we'll find a date that everyone can make because I want to make sure that everyone's got the opportunity to do so. If you've not been baptised before, then please think about doing it. Go for it because it's a command from Jesus and it shows your commitment to following him. So please uh, talk to me at the end and we'll sort out a convenient date if the 4th of September isn't a convenient date for you. Um, back to Jules, what are you going to be doing with your free time? Cycling, yeah, that sounds quite nice. Will you be doing a lot of hard work or will you be taking life easy? 
And I think you're lying slightly. <laughs> I was hoping he was going to say taking it easy because it would seamlessly fit in to what I was about to do. What are you going to do it? take it easy? Take it easy, right. Seamlessly fitting in then to, <laughs> to what we're doing now. We'll dive into scripture. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30 says the following. This is Jesus speaking to a whole load of people. And then Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I was looking at this this week, and it was making me think um, a lot about how the world that Jesus lived in was obviously a very, was a world which was causing a lot of weariness then, but it's no different now. And actually, if you look at a lot of newspaper headlines, they'll be telling you exactly the same thing all the time. If you put them up there, these are just some that it's very easy to find this. Actually, just a very quick Google search, and you find very quickly that people are getting more stressed, more worried, more heavy downtrodden, and the pandemic didn't do as much favors with that. Anxiety's on the rise. There's a whole load of things that these are all, these are all totally off headlines that we've just copied and pasted into a, uh, into a PowerPoint slide. But it looks nice, doesn't it? Um, and as far as it is, though, it's, they're not, not good news because people are feeling horrible. A lot of people are feeling much worse these days than they ever used to. Um, and I thought it was a, a, a timely time, really, to bring in a message of how can we respond or what is our, how, how do we even enter into a life which is constantly demanding more and more and more from us. Um, so the title, if you want from this, is Breaking Free into a New Lease of Life because that's what Jesus was promising. Jesus was promising something very much along the lines of a life of, of rest rather than a life of weariness. And it's important, this message, because if we grab hold of it, if we grab hold of the verses here purely about what they're trying to talk about, then what we will grab hold of is a life of freedom. It's a life of peace to troubled minds. It's a life that strengthens and energizes souls rather than drains them. And that's really crucial. Jesus is promising energy. Who doesn't want some energy? Yeah, well, who, who, uh, yeah, all right. Some of you are going, I'm all right. I've got enough energy. Yeah, Jesus is saying, look, strength, energy. We don't want you. I don't want you to be feeling weary. I don't want you to be feeling this way. I desire to break that off you. That's what he's saying. You're wearing a yoke at the moment which is draining you. Let me break that off you and put, my, put, put it on me. Put my yoke on you, effectively. And my yoke is going to give you a, a completely different experience. And that is exciting. That is an exciting promise that Jesus gives. My prayer today for each and every single one of us is that the Holy Spirit will put his finger on areas of our lives that are constantly draining us that are making us feel weary, that are making us feel drained. You might not even know what they are right now, but God does. God does know what is draining us. And you, you may be thinking it's three things, four things at the moment that are going on. It could be all sorts, but God wants to break off yokes today. He wants to bring release. He wants to bring freedom into the things that are causing us to be drained. 
you may feel like you, you don't apply to this. You may be like, well, I'm quite a mature Christian. I know what I'm doing. It doesn't matter where we are on our spiritual journey. There is always things that God wants to break off. There is always areas he wants to bring new freedom into. And so it's important that we grab hold of this. So who's up for a bit of new zest in their life? Yeah, a few of you. Not all of you, interestingly, but um, that's nice. Anyway, but it first comes by him taking off us that which hinders. Okay? So that is important. Now, what did it mean originally, do we think? Have we got any idea of what was he actually talking about? When he was talking, he was surrounded by Pharisees and scribes and, and all of the rest of it, and he was looking at people who were really not having a good, a good time of it. These are, um, that's, that's a nice picture there. It wasn't the picture I was hoping for, but we'll have a look at the picture I was going for. Have we got it? Right. There they are. That's a yoke, apparently. You said they were cows. And I don't know what they are. Now, no, you've, you've, you've flummoxed my entire preach on that. Calves. <laughs> Calves. Cows. Cows. We'll go with, we've got and animals. I'll just say animals. It's quite more generic, isn't it? Um, and uh, they were used in such a way that they were plow a field, they were put together to pull a load that to work productively. That's the whole point of a yoke, okay? And it's used in the Old Testament in lots of different ways. Sometimes in a really positive way, and sometimes in a very negative way. So we've got a yoke there that's taking place, um, and it's, it's that there, we hope, is a very helpful thing for those animals. By the time Jesus uses it here, it was used in a very negative way because he was talking about it around the boat about the legalistic demands that the Pharisees were making of the law. So it wasn't just the law, it was all the extra things that the Pharisees were adding to it. And what Jesus was really against here was that he was watching people trying to fulfill the law and the add-ons that were being given and they were being drained. The people that he had come to serve, the people that he'd come to rescue, were being drained completely by trying to fulfill all these requirements. And Jesus came and said, look, this, this yoke, it's not a healthy one. This yoke that you've got around your neck at the moment, it's really, really heavy. It's really burdensome, and it's wearing you out. Now, that constant has gone through the whole of society where people have for, felt worn out. It might not have been to try and fulfill the, the law or whatever, but a, a lot of the time we can feel worn out. It got me thinking this week, what are the things that we may be yoked to? What are the things in life, not necessarily the law, but other things in our lives that are draining us? What are the things that are we're tied to that are causing us to sap us of strength and causing us to feel heavy. Now, I've said that, and I'm reckoning about 80% of your room are going, work. If I didn't have to work, I'd have so much more energy. If I didn't have to go to school, for those that are in the room for school, I'd have so much more energy. Work and school and all of those things, they're the things that are draining me of my energy. And some of you might be a little bit right with that. But it's not necessarily work. When Jesus was on the planet, he gave a slightly different impression of what work, that work can energize. And it's important that we know that. Jesus says, I have food to do that you know nothing of. And that food was doing his father's will. And that's why he, he said that food, that was, the, that was how he energized himself. He energized himself by doing God's will. And that was his work. 
So work can actually refuel you. But we would go, work, and work drains. Work does horrible things to us, and it makes me feel rubbish inside a lot of the time. And it's a lot deeper than work. And that's what we need to think about. And if, if you're really happy at work, then obviously it doesn't apply. I worked at a place called, um, I don't even matter, CGU was at the time, it's an insurance company, and everything was fine. And then they merged overnight, and my job became twice as big. And, and it became a really horrible place to work because um, you've got twice as much work coming in and the phones are going nuts all the time and you've got to answer the phones, you've got to work on all the posts that's coming in. So the deal was that you had to try and keep your post down to 10. As long as it was below 10, then you were great. You were a good worker. You were allowed it to go up to 20 and you were average, but you could go up to 20. When this company merged with this other company, within a few months, the pile of work on my desk had got to 200. And I would say, at that point, I was feeling rather vexed in life. I, I was going through a position where I was thinking, I can't do it. And I would basically, I'd get a piece of work, and it would be, there would be a problem to solve. It would take 10 minutes. And then the, you get five minutes through the problem, and then the phone would go. And you'd have to answer that problem. And then you'd put the phone down again, and you'd have to go all the way back to the start of the problem because you hadn't remembered where you got up to resolving the problem. You get the, you get the issue that I had. So 200, it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But it wasn't the job that was getting me down. It wasn't the job. It was actually something else, and it took me a long time to work it out. It was fear of failure that was sapping me of my strength. It was fear of being found out that I wasn't good enough. It was fear that I didn't have what it took. And it was that that was sapping me of my strength, not the job itself. And by the time I realized this was when I took an, a brilliant piece of wisdom from a, a man who used to go to this church. And he said, take the work off your desk, tell your boss what's going on, which was a bit of a bold thing to do. And they said, whatever they said to me, they were aware of the situation. I suppose it just brought the whole situation into the light. And then at that particular point, I was no longer afraid of being found out. I was no longer afraid of being a failure because what they did was they said, I'll tell you what to prioritize. I'll tell you what to do. And at that particular situation, this 200 pieces of post never looked scary again because it wasn't the job. The job didn't get easier. The job stayed the same, but the fear of failure, the fear of messing up, the fear of not being looked good enough, or whatever the fear was, went away. It's important. It's not work necessarily. It might be work, but it's not necessarily work. Usually, there's something deeper that's going on. And usually, I'm sorry to tell you it, this, it is fear that does most of the energy sapping that we go through. It takes a lot of things. Fear of people. Fear of people's opinions. The, the amount of time we stress over what other people think will make a huge difference to the amount of energy that we've got. If we are afraid of what other people say to us, of whether we take on board other people's opinions, well, even if you're going in your head going, well, what are people thinking about me right now? That can really drain us. It can really, do, really bring us low. The flip side to that is if we spend our time meditating on what God thinks of us and how he sees us and what his opinion of us, it, his opinion is, I can't speak, can I? His opinion is, then that will energize you. 
So you've got two choices here. You've got one which is what are people thinking, what are people thinking, what are people thinking, or what is God thinking right now of me? What does he say about me? And the more we meditate on scriptures in the Bible about what God's view is of us, then you'll find yourself energized. And if you don't know that yet, then try it this week. Okay? Just get different scriptures and just, just chew them over bit by bit. All right? Can you do that for me? If you're looking at me going, I don't believe you, then do that. This is a little experiment this week. Just go over how much God loves you, how much God values you, how much God th thinks you're important in life. Yep? Find those kind of scriptures. They're all over the place. And if you can't find them, Google them. Yeah, they're in there. They're in the word of God. They're all over the place. And it will impart so much energy and strength into you that you will not absolutely recognize it by the end. You'll not even recognize yourself if you've not tried this before. It is absolutely vital. It takes your eyes off what other people are thinking and puts them onto what Jesus is thinking. And a big part of Christianity is fixing our eyes on Jesus. A big part is, what is Jesus saying right now? What is he thinking right now? So other people's opinions make a huge difference. Other people's expectations. Who's being put under other people's expectations? Unreasonable expectations, I should say. One, one person in the room. Okay. Thanks for owning up to that. Just me and you, Dawn. All right. <laughs> but it happens. It happens. And if it happens, then you find yourself drained again through that kind of uh, situation. I'm going to mention this one because this became really clear when I was preparing it. Finance. Two ways this can actually play out and drain us. The first one is obvious. Worries of not having enough. Now, if you're worried constantly of not having enough, there's fear playing a part again. Fear of not having enough, and you know how this year's mapping out so far with inflation and all the rest of it, then that can really cause a major issue in the way that we live. It can make a real issue in the strength and the energy that we've got. But there is another side to this as well, because we can also pursue wealth for having loads of it. And if we do that, then that will also cause you to have very little energy, because you'll be pursuing a rainbow, where a gold, gold at the end of the rainbow, shall we say, that you'll never ever get to. Okay? So there's two ways of looking at finance, and both of them are not very healthy in that respect there. But the major one is to trust that God will always provide, obviously plan, I'm not saying that's the only thing to do, but plan for your future, but don't be thinking, well, I need to have so many thousand pounds in the bank before I can truly be satisfied in life, because that is an empty game, and it's a game that, unfortunately, will cause us to be de-energized. De-energized is a rubbish word, isn't it? Just sapping in strength again. So, it's, that is not a list of all the, all the ones that you could have. It's just ones that I wanted to bring up. I really pray the Holy Spirit picks on stuff that is going to make a difference. Because we could be yoked, we could be tied to anything. This could be, go really wrong. Welcome to a yoke. That Andrew Parr made for me. Which side is your side? You're on that side. You've got the smaller neck. Right, there we go. This could be my last ever preach. <laughs> I had one volunteer for this. Right, okay. This is my son, by the way. It's just for those that don't know him. You got it? Yeah. Exciting. For those that can't see from where they are, um, there is a beam of wood that is acting as a yoke. Um, between me and Daniel at the moment. And is it heavy for you? Yeah, we're now going to go for a, a miniature walk. Come on, just, just do this. You're into drama. Come on. All right. So, 
as we go on our little walk here, who's carrying all the weight? Yeah, it's all, it's dead easy for me, this. It's just all sliding down my shoulders. So this is Daniel tied to anxiety or fear or whatever. He's carrying this burden. He's carrying this weight. He's carrying whatever it is that he's, he's going through, and it's draining him. And we can't go for long. Are you finally tired yet? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> we can go, you know, I'm, I could go on for ages here. But for him, he's carrying this beam, and he's carrying it. And, and the thing is, and we can stop a second while I make this point, we don't recognize that this is on our shoulders. You with me? We don't recognize. This is all subconscious. It plays off on a subconscious level. We don't know when we're feeling fearful a lot of the time. We don't know when these things are draining us. Jesus said, let me take that yoke off you. Let me take that yoke and put my yoke on you. So now I'm going to carry it. All right? How's that feeling for you? Yes? All right? You're getting there now. That's nice. So as I carry the weight, as I do it all, who's doing all the heavy lifting? Je oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not Jesus, but you get the idea. Who's doing all the heavy lifting? Yes. Who's doing all the hard work? Jesus is doing all the hard work. Who's doing it? This with Jesus' yoke on us, with Jesus' yoke tied to us, then he's the one that's doing all... Sorry, take your head off there. Thank you for that. You can sit down. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Um, with Jesus is taking the yoke off us, then we're still attached to him, but now he's doing all the heavy lifting. And that is really important. He's, our burden is a lot, lot lighter. Jesus' desire is for our souls to be free, filled with peace, full of faith, full of love, full of energy. Jesus' desire is that they are not burdened, that they're not heavy. He has the compassion and he has the power to break us free from all of that. Hinders and all that that saps us from the strength and, the, and bring us to a place of complete rest. That's his heart and that's his power. And that's important. He came to set people free. So we'll let him break our yoke off us, whatever our yoke is, whatever we're tied to that's draining us, and trust him with his yoke. Let's be tied to Jesus and find rest for ourselves. All Daniel had to do in that, all his job was, was to keep in step with me. That was his role, wasn't it? And he still had a light burden. Keep in step with his father was all he needed to do. And that's Christianity in its nutshell. It really is that simple. It's not a list of requirements. It's not a list of laws. It's, it's keeping in step with the, with the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Go this way, go that way, and let God do the rest. Let him do the heavy lifting. As we learn from Jesus, we hear his priorities not our own, we learn his pace and we hear his promptings and discover his heart. And those things there are crucial. So let me ask you a question. What is God, what is Jesus nudging you at right now? And if you don't know, you've got a whole week to think about it and I'll ask you next week. What is he nudging you at at the moment? Where is he prompting you? 
What is he talking to you at the moment? What is he trying to lead you into or lead you out of at the moment? Because he is constantly doing that. As me and Daniel walked across, well, we didn't walk across the stage, but he would have been constantly nudged by that yoke, wouldn't he? Yeah. Effectively, that's what's taking place. So, Jesus' yoke provides rest for our souls in two ways. Number one, all of the things that had gone, that were draining us, have finished. Our desire to be accepted, our desire to be valued, our desire to be loved, our desire to be significant, our desire to have purpose, our desire to find satisfaction are found only as we're yoked to Jesus, only as we're tied to Jesus. They're not found in running after anything else. Only yoked to Jesus, only by listening and responding to him will our souls know that they are truly loved, truly valued, truly, completely significant, truly, completely important to him and to others. It doesn't matter what other people's opinions are going off in your head. What Jesus says is what's going to bring you the true strength. Grab hold of that in your own hearts. Grab hold of that in your own souls. That, that's making that difference. Because we get fed lies all the time by the world that we're not loved, that we're not valued, that we're not significant. And yet, Jesus completely and utterly disagrees with those statements. Make sure that we are totally listening to that truth all the time because it will give us the energy to do the things that we're called to do. It goes beyond just being made free from the burdens of the life that we live and into something else because Jesus' yoke is easy not because it makes lighter demands on us because it doesn't. I mean, you just have to look at the Sermon on the Mount to realize that his standard of righteousness is actually a lot higher and a lot, a lot tougher than anything else. But it's because it represents entering into a discipleship relationship. So the yoke that Jesus is offering is a yoke of entering into a discipleship relationship. It's not a yoke of everything's going to be free and easy and enjoy. It's a yoke of discipleship. It's a yoke now where we follow him and he does the lifting. And that is very, very important. His standards right, go beyond behavior and drive right into the heart of motive, right into the heart of what is your heart's motivation right now, right into the heart of where we are right now. Does Jesus want you to move into a particular way of living? Then if he does, allow him to do all the power. Allow his strength to flow through you. That's the whole point of the yoke, because he's holding it. So discipleship is a joy-filled relationship. He is our power. He forms his character in us. It's not a what are the rules. It's what is he leading me into and trusting him to lift us through it. So many times in my life, so many times even recently, I've felt nudged to a, to a lifestyle change, to just the smallest things sometimes, like pick up your socks 
Sorry, I've mentioned that too many times now. But it, 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 there's different things that I'm nudged into. I, I see something and I feel the Holy Spirit saying, no, we shouldn't be doing that anymore, or yes, we should be moving into that more loving style, that more servant-hearted lifestyle. Whatever the situation is, allow the Holy Spirit to make that call in your life. Surrender more over to him. Allow him to speak. You don't hear God until you're surrendered. That's important. So if you're going, well, God's not saying anything to me, let him have your whole heart. Allow him to speak into the things which you don't want to surrender over right now. Because you'll find very quickly that he speaks into a lot of things. A lot of the time we don't hear God speak, not because we're not, uh, not because he's not speaking, but because we're not open to listening to him. We don't want to change. I'm quite happy as I am right now, thank you very much. And yet, actually, Jesus is going always, do you know what? This change is good. This change is an extra bit of freedom for you. This change is more life for you. This change is more energy for you. This change is more purpose in your life. And it's as we listen to him that that change takes place. But it starts with surrender. It starts with you going, all right, God, you can have this bit of my life. And, and so it goes. It's as we wear Jesus' yoke that strength and energy are released into our lives. And we can live for him. So we can love God with all of our hearts. We can love people as others. And we can go out and tell the good news about Jesus. We can make disciples. We need his strength and energy to do all of those things. Because we don't have those things, we don't have his strength and energy, then we're really slugging just to get to church on a Sunday. It's difficult. But if we've actually got his power flowing through us all the time, then coming to church is a joy. Telling the good news about Jesus is a joy, isn't it? Yeah. It, those are the things. It's the difference between Christianity being a chore and Christianity being a joy when you are actually filled with his love, filled with his energy, and filled with his power. Wear his yoke, and that's it. It's as simple as allowing him to go through it in that way. There was one verse that's not going to come up on the PowerPoint, um, but it's a takeaway from all of this. It's 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. 1 verse 7. I felt God give it me um, just before the meeting. And it, I, I don't know if you can find it now, but I know what it is. It says this, God does not, does not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. And that particular verse, I know it's a takeaway, kind of like, oh, right, okay, well, I've seen that a gazillion times or whatever, if you've been a Christian any length of time. But speak it over your life and watch the transformation take place. If it's fear that drains, then realize that you no longer have that spirit of fear. And then the flip side of that is you have a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's really, really, really a re-education of who you truly are. That is what you now are on the inside. Fear and timidity. It's some, yesterday, I realized the word timidity also has intimidation in it. If you ever go into a situation where, you have, where you're feeling intimidated, then speak that out. I mean, not loud into someone's face. Don't do it like that. But under your breath, yeah? I do not have a spirit of fear. I do not have a spirit of intimidation. 
have a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. I've used that several times in many classes with very, very big, birdie kids. And it works, yeah, because that's who you truly are. So allow the Spirit of God to change you from the inside out, and you'll be different people. I'll ask the question one more time before we close up. What is Jesus nudging you into at the moment or out of? Consider that. Ask him that today. Ask him that this week. Ask him on a regular basis, what's my next step in this Christian walk? Because that's how we walk with Jesus. Let's close it off right now. If you're not a Christian watching online or here today, please note that Jesus died for us that we may live connected to him in relationship with him for eternity. With Jesus as Lord of our lives where he steers us into what's good and what's right for us. If you'd like to commit your life to him right now, if you'd like or recommit your life to him right now, then please pray along. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you that you've acted on my behalf by sending Jesus, your son, to die for me and to take the penalty for my sin. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing and to receive me as your child. I give my heart to you completely. Help me to live for you. Amen.